0: What's up guys, Brandon with Strict Vision Athletics. Welcome to this episode of Becoming the 1% Podcast. My guest today is Robert Sherman. He is the co-founder of the Iron Neck. The Iron Neck is an incredible device used to strengthen the neck in both a pre and a post-injury setting. It is something that I think everybody needs to be implementing into their training, really no matter who you are, no matter what your training modality is, no matter what your level, it is just an amazing, amazing product. We're going to go into the details, the do's and don'ts of how to use it, what it's primarily used for. Hope you guys enjoy. have fun thanks for coming on robert i appreciate it bro glad to be here what uh what brought you to phoenix
1: i've been out here every thanksgiving since i was young i got family out here so whenever we come out there's always an effort to get in and see if there's a gym or you know strength coach that we could meet with and so uh, i know once we met you and saw that you guys were here this is the the timing worked
0: Heck yeah. Take advantage of the trip for more than just enjoying the family, personal side of things. I like, I like that. That's great. Yeah. Isn't isn't it cool to see the network of different, like every state has its own little coach or every state has its own gym. That's kind of in the, you know, elite class that you can go and I always do that too. Anytime we go to like a new state for vacation or something, I'm like, who's around here? Where are we? Oh, I know who's around here. Like it's, it's fun like that.
1: Yeah. From the early days of the company, we went to a lot of coaches conferences and clinics. And so just getting whenever we're going somewhere, it's like, all right, are there any high schools we can pop into any gyms? Yeah. You know, how can you get a few more people, um, get a little more kind of juice from a trip.
0: Right. Yeah. So what was your background prior to the iron neck? What, what, what did you have going on?
1: Yeah. So I've, I've been a bit of a nomad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Chicago and then, uh, I went to college in uh, the Northeast. So I went to university of Rochester. Uh, I played golf there. It was a small D three school. Um, a lot of snow. Yeah. Um, But then ended up in uh, DC after college. uh, Worked a government contracting job for a couple, few years, and uh, got a bit tired of that. Um,
0: Really, (laughs) he works for the. What what is your technical title right now? Working for the because you're a drone specialist for the government. Yes, Uh, I work rulemaking, drone exemptions, and rulemaking. Got it. Got it. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So I actually I worked for Lockheed Martin on a um, a contract for the FAA. And what i tell people is this was the lockheed martin work that i can actually tell you about which is not the cool exciting stuff that (laughs) is super secretive but that also kind of pushed me to um you know what am i going to do next this was you know around the time of the recession there weren't a whole lot of jobs out so i decided to go to business school Mm. um and so and that's what brought me to austin texas uh, which is where iron neck is based uh so i was in austin from 2011 to 13 and that's where i met my eventual business partners uh, with iron neck um, which happened a couple years afterwards. So after business school, I did what you're supposed to do. I went into consulting. Uh, did that for uh, a few years, but a couple years into that, uh, I get a call from my roommate uh, from business school mm-hmm. and telling me about this neck strengthening device. Um, he met the owner or the inventor of it. Um, you know, he sold to a bunch of NFL and college teams, and I'm. I'm hearing about this and I'm just getting, I was like, oh man, this is a lot of snake oil sound to it. Right. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people probably feel when they see our ads is like, this is just total snake oil here. Right. But he also sent me this like 50 page Google doc that was, had compiled a lot of research and, and articles on this stuff. And the more and more that I was reading into this, the more clear it was, wow, there's, there's a pretty significant void here, especially amongst youth sports, high school, uh, middle school up to to college too, and so um, that was kind of the 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 genesis of getting connected with uh, this product and this this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, so this was around the same time that yeah you know, I was at business school. Um, Mike Jolly is the guy who invented this. So if you if you've ever seen the you know Joe Rogan post where there's a pool table in the background
0: and he tries it for the first time, there's
1: this massive giant of a human that's trying the eye or putting Rogan through the the demo yeah and that's Mike Jolly so he he played football and wrestled at UCLA in the early 80s and he had some teammates that went on and had long NFL careers and uh, you know as a result of that ended up getting brain damage uh, CTE mm-hmm. And so there was a personal uh, element to this where he you know people that he knew people that he was friendly with, um, really succumbed to the result of just getting hit in the head a whole bunch of times. Dozens and dozens of times. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was that was a bit prior, but, you know, over the 90s and 2000s, he went and did a lot of personal training. He went and basically started a construction company. And so he went professional and kind of something other than sports, as they'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, around that time, you know, he was also coaching high school football. Still, he was coaching uh, local community college in Southern California. So he was coaching O-line D-line and he was seeing, you know, the concussions up close. Mm-hmm. And so Mike is just, he's a very kind of um, inventive mind. It literally took less than two weeks for him to go from this concept of how do I strengthen the neck to like reduce these whiplash forces? It seems yeah. that this is a central area that's overlooked. And Mike had a 23 inch neck from wrestling. And so, you know, he also looked back and was like, man, a lot of these guys got this stuff, but you know, I, I didn't really, you know, ever get, you know, knocked out or any of that stuff. And so he was like, I I think my neck was really central to this. So he also was digging into some of this research and seeing these things that were pointing to stronger neck reduces concussion risk. It's the stuff that you'd think is a bit logical, but there just wasn't a whole lot of research around it. So he, uh, he designed this thing. He had a, a family member who had a machine shop out in L.A. that essentially, uh, I mean, they're making like NASA rocket components. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to get in there and make this thing. And, you know, in less than two weeks, he had the original prototype, which was this like 13, 14 pound piece of aluminum um, that, you know, wasn't, wasn't really designed to be a rehab yeah. device. But um,
0: definitely not general population friendly. Definitely not general population prototype material.
1: Yeah, so you know the over that year and a half, two years that he uh, had developed it, made some iterations to it. Um, he got into about ten NFL teams, uh, a few dozen D one college football programs, and the proof of concept was there. It just, I mean, he was, I think at the time, selling these for like nine hundred, a thousand dollars. The cost was through the roof, so it just mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, it wasn't sustainable. And yeah. so he he wound things down, and then shortly after that, we got connected and. We all, uh, myself and two of my friends from business school, we really put together a game plan to bring this thing back to life. And so that started with a, a big redesign where we cut it from, you know, 13, 14 pounds down to six pounds This mm-hmm. was in 2000. I was going to ask, what does
0: it weigh now? It, it's not 13. Pounds. We
1: went to, we then went to three pounds and then now the, the 3.0, which we launched a year ago is is two pounds. So yeah. uh, any lighter than that, you start to get kind of this cheap toy feel, but it's, the, the neck muscles really wouldn't actually know much of a difference functionally it, it operates the exact same way because it's, it's not
0: about weight your resistance isn't coming from how heavy it is it's no. coming from your anchor point from the yeah. resistance band
1: yeah and and that's that's still a pretty big challenge for people to see this and because there's this what the fuck am I looking at component that almost everyone starts at when they see Mm -hmm. iron neck. Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, You know, this looks dangerous. This looks like it's going to hurt someone.
0: People in the industry react that way. I have a client who goes to a PT. Why he still goes to where I don't know, but he went to her randomly and he mentioned like, Hey, I've been having neck issues. Um, They all started to go away. My trainer put me on the iron neck and she was like, what is that? And then he showed her like a video of him doing it. And her reaction was, I'm going to have to do more research, but that looks like it's nonsense like that. That was that was from a from a clinician. That's a bit of a that's the reaction she gave. So, yeah, it it, it does require, I think, explanation. You almost have to talk people off the ledge before you can even sell them on the product, because it seems like they have a weird, adverse reaction just when they see it.
1: Yeah. And and really, it it operates off the same principles as if you you know, a lot of what you'll see in PT is just the use of like a, a. power band, right? Mm A big, big rubber band. Right. And so if you're doing this standing up, you're engaging not just the muscles in the neck, but all the muscles throughout the kinetic chain. So Mm -hmm. um, that's that's part of what we've recognized over the years is, you know, part of this making it smaller and lighter is, Mm -hmm. well, how do we have a better experience using it? But the general population also is, you know, you're not going to get away with putting a 13 or even a six pound device on, you know, grandma's head or someone who has been, you know, hit in a car multiple times and Mm -hmm. has had surgery, right? Like people are starting from different places, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, since, since we redesigned it in 2017, uh, we've had to just continue kind of evolving, uh, who we're selling to and how we're talking about the product, but, uh, at its core, it's still, you could put this thing on and dance and it, it works, right?
0: Yeah. Starting with football. I don't know if you've seen this. There's a, very viral clip of Brett Favre. I don't even remember the forum he's on, but he's speaking to a podcast of some kind, and he was saying um, that he doesn't even endorse wrestling, or excuse me, he doesn't endorse tackle football for youths of any age. And he, what he said was is that when he first ended his career, um, he sat down with his clinician, and they asked him, you know, how many times do you think in your career, because you played for so long, how many times do you think you had a concussion? And he said sort of to what you said about, you know, well, all right, the number of times that I got knocked on my back and I lost consciousness, probably three, maybe four. So I would say being generous, let's say I've had five concussions and they said, okay, well, let me follow up on another question. How many times have you been tackled and you hit the ground and when you went to sit up, you felt dizzy or you felt lightheaded or it seemed like you saw stars. How many times did anything like that happen? And he said, "Uh, well, I mean, every time. Every time you get tackled in the NFL, that happens. And they said, okay, so the actual accurate answer to your question is that you've had concussions ranging in the thousands. You've had thousands of concussions over the course of your career in the NFL. And so that has led you to... I mean, an, an area where you only notice a major concussion, but you are totally neglecting every minor concussion that builds up over and over and over to the point where you, you get, you know, punch drunk. That type of thing happens a lot to boxers, but also to football athletes. Was that, uh, I mean, that was obviously a factor in the creation of this product. Was that it was CTE the primary reason that this was created and brought to market?
1: Yeah. So the, Research study that Mike first got tuned into, uh, it started in 2011 and it was ultimately published in 2014 and it was a a study of about 7,000 high school, male and female athletes across a few different sports. And it showed for every one pound increase in neck strength, the odds of concussion decreased by 5%. So. this was the first study that really put any numbers on it right there were a lot of for
0: every one pound of neck strength or muscle of of, of neck strength of neck strength decreases your risk of concussion by how much five percent by
1: five percent okay so essentially you know kids with the bigger stronger necks gonna have less severity of of concussion than Mm -hmm. those that have a pencil neck yeah um and that was kind of the first piece Uh, The second was looking at this rotational aspect because that's really what makes Iron Neck unique is that you can-
0: can Different from a four-way neck machine or one of the chains that you wear type of thing.
1: Yeah, and so every impact has some element of a rotational force, right? It's not just in a lab, you get hit in the front of the head and boink, boink, right? There's there's always a little bit of a rotational component to it. And so there've been some studies that looked at these torsional forces that are actually reaching, you know, deeper in the brainstem. And um, these actually being associated with some of the white matter that is present in the brains that you see with CTE. Mm-hmm. And so there was this concept of, well, let's layer that over our understanding of how the neck actually operates is there's no just linear muscles, right? These are all pretty much diagonal fibers. So contracting the neck actually, or these muscles actually ro- uh, result in rotation, right? So he really put all this together and there was a lot of macgyver type ingenuity messing with pilates bands you know how can i maintain this isometric contraction through the muscles but also go through rotation Mm -hmm. and that's essentially you know how he got to the design of of iron neck Um, i i think there's there's a there's a difference too depending on like the positions that you're playing the sports that you're playing the, the threat for a wide receiver in football, for example, mm-hmm. is very different than that of a lineman. Mm-hmm. A wide receiver, I mean, these are the deke leading shots, the ones that make sports center, right? Yeah. Um, but you also don't need to be hit directly in the head, right? If, if you're looking one way and you have a body shot from the other side... It's going to jar you. The, you. Yeah. The whiplash forces alone can, can cause a concussion. It can mm-hmm. cause damage. You see this in a lot of sports, especially in female sports, where you have weaker neck musculature, where falling backwards and that the anterior muscles in the neck are the weakest. We are right? thinking
0: like, I mean, female soccer, female soccer. Yeah, yeah. That's gotta be the highest one. Cause that's, I mean, just from a mainstream standpoint, what would you say is the highest impact female sport?
1: Oh, oh soccer, soccer. Yeah. yeah. But I would have thought so. Too. Um, but you know, you also see volleyball, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. Basketball yeah. for sure. Yeah. We just sold to the uh, UConn women's uh, basketball team. Nice. They had some concussions earlier in the year. Um, you know, we coaches find out about us different ways, but mm-hmm. uh, you know they they were looking into like, hey, we've got concussions, um, and neck strength was something that they just weren't really doing much. Yeah. And that was one of the things we saw early on was even amongst you know going to these the NSCA the big strength and conditioning coach conferences, you get some guys that are super tuned into it, tuned into it. You have a lot of coaches that are kind of old school, right? Oh, we got the four ways, we're gonna do that or I just like a manual, you know, mm-hmm. but there's also, I mean, surprising amount of coaches at the high school and college level that just neck strength, like we're asking, Hey, what do you do for your neck strengthening program? And it's like crickets, right? right? And I'm like, like, to a certain point, I mean, there, there's negligence in this, right? Like there's yeah. no research that shows, Hey, strengthen your neck muscles. This is going to do damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, if you're, you know, if you're neck bridging in a dangerous way, like you could cause cervical disc issues, but. Oh yeah. Um, that's
0: the, pro- that's probably the first neck strengthening exercise that because I I was a wrestler when I was young that's the first neck strengthening I ever did and I actually think it did cause an injury at the time not a major injury but it definitely tweaked something I had to recoup and I was young at the time so it didn't take long but yeah I think the neck bridge is probably a bad idea that's a bad exercise I think there's better ways to do it
1: yeah uh, you know I think with any exercise there's there's safe ways not safe ways and then a you know, pretty gray area in the middle. In the middle, yeah. Um, and, you know, if you see someone doing a neck bridge with, like, 25-pound plates on their head, well, you know, maybe they're, like, a D1 wrestler and they've got a ton of mass and they're not going to, you know, injure themselves, but it, it can be very easy to do that. Yeah. Um, back to the, the football injury, uh, you look at linemen, right? And, you know, there's been research that shows that in any given uh, game, they're dealing with up to 80 sub-concussive uh injuries through, or sub-concussive blows to the to the head mm-hmm. so if you're trying to mitigate the risk of of the damage from those impacts um the approach likely should be different so you know we've we have different programs uh and how you can use iron neck yeah um that is essentially based on reverse engineering some of these positions but mm. you know i i also think um getting rid of football and tackle football is not the solution to mm. this um there's a there's a lot of benefits that you get from playing any team sport sure um but you know it's it's a trade-off like like any and i think you know when you have kids and then you're deciding you know do i let my kid play football versus you know gymnastics or any other sport uh not there's a ton of injuries in gymnastics but right um You know, these are all things to weigh.
0: But it does bring up an interesting question. I mean, because you do have to balance safety on everything you do as a parent, especially when it comes to extracurricular activities that are entirely avoidable. If I because if you don't start playing, if you want to play tackle football and you actually want to play in college, you can't start you have to start as a kid. You have to start as a little, little kid in Pop Warner. I mean, that's your biggest chance of success is playing that game as long as you possibly can and hoping for the best as far as injury and recovery. There, there This is not something I'm coining. There's a large community of people that would like to see tackle football eliminated entirely from schools, saying that it is just the risk the, the risk to reward factor there. There's a lot of other team sports kids could play that would get the same, you know, You know, championship mindset, community. You know, teamwork aspect to it. Without inevitably getting hurt, because it's almost inevitable that you will get hurt. If you, I'll just be generous and say, if you reach college, guaranteed you're getting hurt in football. There's nobody goes and plays football in college that doesn't at least get hurt a couple times. And and I just, I think to a lot of parents, the juice is not worth the squeeze. If I have a six-year-old who is starting to like sports. Well, maybe I try to get him in lacrosse. Maybe I try to get him playing golf. Maybe I try to get him doing anything other than tackle football. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you see a lot of concussions and head injuries in sports like lacrosse as well. Um, you know, I, football's not, like, the NFL's not going anywhere, right? No. So yeah. the decision eventually is still, it's happening at the household level, mm-hmm. and parents are going to make those decisions. Um, some of the stuff that has changed quite a bit in the, you know, 10 years since this product was first invented is, uh, the awareness of, of head injuries has come a a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say th- there's a pillar approach that you have to take when it comes to safety for a lot of uh, really any school uh, or, or, or sport. Um, one is just the awareness. So if we're talking about football, um, awareness of, of your surroundings, how to tackle, um, a lot of this stuff has, has come up through like USA football and, you know, how do you actually train kids when they're young to keep their head up. Right. Right. Cause that's a huge piece to it. Um, there's been changes to the rules, right? So even, you know, high school, college, but NFL level where everyone's watching <laughs> yeah. is do uh, not
0: hit Tom Brady. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do not ha- uh, hit Tom Brady and do not lead with your head, um, offense or defense, right. You will right. be penalized for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this reaction that people initially
0: have, Oh, this is like ruining the game. And it's like, well, the game's got to evolve. Yeah. Um, do you want the game to be around? Well, right. then they need to they need to ruin your game or at least your perception of it a little bit because there's a lot of I mean, you know, personally, I know we have family friends that have that played in the NFL that today have irreversible neurological damage that they have to you know get in a hyperbaric chamber five times a week. They have to do all of this crazy stem cell work. They have to do this this stuff now. They played for they played for the NFL for four or five years. And that's generous. And that's such a small window of time. But to get to that point, the amount of damage you have to take. You mentioned the O-line. I think they said on the on the defensive line on average in the, in the NFL, it's the equivalent of getting into like a 20-mile-an-hour car accident every single snap. That's yeah. crazy. That's a lot of impact.
1: Yeah, these are the largest and fastest humans. So that fast.
0: You can't believe something that big can move that fast. I remember watching Terrell Suggs do, mm-hmm. his, do his 40s. And I, one time I I was bringing, I don't know what I was, I was bringing water to the line. And this is when I was an intern. So I was, I was little, I was never the biggest guy out there, but then especially not. And I remember I, I just, I was looking a direction I shouldn't have been. I wasn't paying attention to where I was. I walked into, almost into the, into the lane that he was running his forties and he whooshed by me and I, and I just, I froze. And of course the, the, you know, Pull your head out of your ass! You're about to get level! And you just can't even believe that something that big could move that fast. And I don't remember what his 40 time was. Do you remember what Terrell Sugg's 40 time was? Let me look that up. But it's it's so incredibly fast and so incredibly big, the men that play that sport. You, so just the danger is there.
1: You, you almost got uh, Terry Tated there.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: (laughs) yeah you know one of the other big changes and this is probably the last like four or five years was the um contact in practice because they're seeing a lot of concussions that were actually happening in practice and you know can you take that you know the the real hits out of practice and still Mm -hmm. you know not lose Mm -hmm. a step and prepare different ways so I think, yeah, a lot of these things are...
0: He ran a eight. just so you... He ran a 4'8", 4'40". He was about 275 pounds.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of momentum. It's a
0: yeah. lot of momentum for someone so big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, football's one of those things that even with when you're at a game, you, you're not generally close enough to really see and appreciate how big yeah. these humans are. Um, and I was on a field um, for a, a Bucks-Bears game um, a couple months back, and you just, like, the tight ends are mba like power forwards or centers like these are just large men um so yeah you know the the other uh pillar that i think there's probably a lot more focus on than there should be is is protective equipment Mm. um there's so much focus on on helmets that come with a sticker on them now uh because of past lawsuits that say this is like smoking kills right on yeah yeah yeah. this will not prevent concussions concussions right and so, uh, but it doesn't stop parents from spending five hundred to a thousand dollars on the top of the line helmet. Okay. And so, you know, there, there's been development there. Definitely, um, they've come
0: a long way with the uh, the impact. But what are they, do you know the the minutia of the design of the helmet? What they've done? I mean, more padding. I Yeah. Think.
1: <clears throat> well, so there's there's some different technologies that have been deployed. So there's you know some companies that have. Uh, tried a softer shell that had more shock absorption uh, capabilities within it. So can you uh, reduce the rotational forces from the outside of a helmet where that impact is happening that ultimately reach the head, right? Right. That's one area. Um, There's a company called light helmets that makes a just, it's a lighter helmet, right? So think, I mean, the extreme is think of a pencil neck and a big old bobbly head up there. Um, You're going to have a lot more movement. And so you think about, middle school uh, like pop Warner up to high school kids where you know you're still developing yeah, you're so and young. what do you think is going to happen when you put more mass up there if you haven't developed the neck muscles mm-hmm. um which is an off you know the case in a lot of scenarios so yeah that it's it's probably a bit of a crutch but it's this it's the safe default reaction it's oh man they're going to get hit in the head well let me make sure my kid's got the best helmet right but you know that doesn't solve things when you're talking about you know, inner city schools that aren't going to have funding for like yeah. anything. Right. Well, yeah. so what they, they've got to deal with like these other heavier helmets. It's, it's, just not the solution. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> really for any sport, uh, there's a multi-pronged approach you've got to take. And, you know, neck strength is just one of those, one of those pieces, right? You can have the strongest neck in the world, but if you're tackling like a dummy, you're, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt someone else. So you, you've got to be able to do all these things, right? Your
0: technique, your equipment and your training all have to be deployed <coughs> properly in order to avoid injury is yep. basically what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, I, I think it's a very, very undervalued part of the human body training the neck. Not, not even just for high level athletics. And that's also something that I've loved, especially since you guys have come on the scene. It seems like this is becoming <coughs> Much more mainstream than it is just elite athletics. For a while there that is the direction that it went. It seemed like, you know, your your high level combat sports and your NFL. That was the demographic of people that knew about the Iron Neck. Or just the people that knew about neck strength in general. Now it seems like it is becoming a lot more mainstream, a lot more public, you know, maybe coaches, like you said, there's biohackers that'll be interested in this, but it does seem like now your everyday individual is starting to wonder whether or not this would benefit him or her. How have, have you guys seen that in your market? How, how has that come to pass?
1: Yeah. I mean the, the first few years that we, uh, when we rebooted the company in 2017, the first few years, we were still going to all these strength and conditioning coach conferences athletic trainers, athletic directors, trying to just get to any stakeholder at a high school or, or college level. Yeah. And, uh, but we had also cut the weight down to six pounds. And then a year, a year and a half, two years after that, we had cut it to three pounds. Uh, and that was the second generation where we had finally gone to injection molding, so that it was lighter. Um, and we had made several like iterative improvements to make the fit a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. So along that way, we were starting to get into the doors of more PT clinics, chiropractors, uh, people that would kind of give this thing a shot. Mm. and We've got a 30 day trial. So, you know, let me try this. I'm going to return it anyways. And then, you know, most of these people thankfully uh, kept it. Keep it. Yeah. But then we ran into COVID, right? And so every school was in- initially shut down and there was no um, kind of foresight on like when are things going to open. So even coaches, you know, they didn't know uh, when they'd have the next budget cycle open to be bringing kids back. So fortunately, uh, leading up to that, we had, you know, kind of gotten our website uh, into a bit better shape. And, you know, we became more of an e commerce company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, we still had this injury prevention uh, component to it, which had become much more focused on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. um, which is this sure. kind of never ending cycle of injury prevention rehab. injury prevention, <laughs> yeah. rehab. And this is also a population that like when they are sidelined, they will sell their soul to, you know, a a limb to get back on there, right? Right. Never stop thinking about it. It becomes your whole life. So, um, and and we got to know this market very, very well. Um, but we also in, in the, on the PT side of things and just people that were buying this for, you know, their home use, like, yeah, we, we have some of the garage gym type users who might have some neck issue, uh, but grandma's using this thing as well, right? There there was a geriatric uh, population that as we were getting down to three pounds, it's finally, okay, this is a a bit more approachable. Um, And so, yeah, that and then plus, you know, starting to develop more training protocols that were very specifically focused on, hey, if you're coming in at, you know, early stage rehab, we can hold your hand to make sure that you're using this the right way. This isn't going to tear your head off. Like you might initially think when you see this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also had designed combat sport programs, tactical athlete. We sold a lot of military firefighters, first responders. Um, and then contact sports is kind of still obvious there. So that has continued to grow. Um, jiu-jitsu is not going to go anywhere because the neck is, is kind of target one, but it's, it's offense and defense in jujitsu. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, everything now from, like, just forward head posture, tech neck, people sitting at desks. Yeah. Um. I mean, we hear from dentists who are, like, I, I use this thing a few times a day now. The client I
0: told you about, he's a dentist. The yeah. client I told you about who went to his PT with it, yeah, he's a dentist. It's also just people, it, people, any any person, every person. We're all looking at our phones. We're all looking at our computers. We're all looking down all the time. And that's causing, I mean, you're seeing it. I, I can see when they walk around, people that don't do Corrective training, or do any sort of oftentimes any sort of training, they all they sit like this. They they, they, just, they if have you a-
1: are a human in twenty twenty three, you likely have forehead posture to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's also elements that like even if when you're laying in bed, right, and you just have your chin all the way down, right, even though it you know gravity's working a different way, you're still actually creating these muscle imbalances, right? You've got your, your posture chain that's that's super extended, you've got Everything scrunch up in the front, and so um, that that's kind of at the core of like what Iron Egg actually does is that because you have this 360 degree component to it, and you're able to engage the muscles at every side of the neck isometrically, yeah. it starts to reduce these muscle imbalances, and it st- helps improve posture. And it just turns out when you when you improve posture, a lot of these downstream impacts kind of go away. It's, it's fixing the root cause of it, but really the root cause of this is. You know, who's actually going to the gym and strengthening their neck muscles, you know? Yes. No one's looking at a four away machine and being like, Yeah, I want some of that. Um but it's
0: the neglected I'd say it's probably the single most neglected body part or just area of the body because it's multiple body tons of muscles. But but it's we were talking about this prior to going live. I mean, if I'm at the gym and I'm let's let's even say I'm more than a weekend warrior. Let's say I'm actually somebody who goes to the gym five, six days a week. But I know I only have an hour and I know I've got to go pick up my kids and I got to get ready for Thanksgiving and all of this and all of that. What's the last thing I'm probably going to do if I go in there? I'm probably not going to go in there and work on my neck. It's just probably not going to happen. And that's a real shame because you mentioned using it for offense and defense when it comes to high level athletics. Well, that same mentality can be applied to just your everyday life. I mean, you don't know if you're going to get into a car accident. You have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you, this is a defensive precaution. You don't have to have a neck injury to work your neck in a defensive manner for what may end up happening to you.
1: Yeah, we actually uh, we, we have a friend now who um, he was a fitness trainer. Um, he had you know uh, that pr- presence on Instagram, or he put out a lot of fitness content. And in the course of it was less than a year, I think it was in the course of like nine months, mm-hmm. he was rear-ended at a red light twice. Uh,
0: twice uh, wow. yes
1: and Seriously? so he, and oh my he had, he had surgery uh, after both of these incidents what so he went from you know like fitness he was a very healthy guy to being in this position that he is he has uncertainty if he will you know, what what am I gonna lose out on for the next I mean the guy's in his mid20s you know the next yeah. 60 70 years of his life
0: he's mid20s and he's now had two neck and he was at a red light it wasn't even his fault at uh-huh. all that sucks
1: yeah and so you know i mean yes if you, if you have a strong neck can you tell us who who, who he is uh yeah uh,
0: his name's uh sean alexander sean alexander is it s-e-a-n yeah did you guys ever see that video um it's like a viral video with a taxi driver right here
1: yeah so actually you go Give down a little follow.
0: bit. yeah he's it's got a, yeah, oh dude that's terrible yeah so
1: he oh that's rough so he's actually in austin he um he discovered Iron Neck. Uh, he also got a dog recently. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's like and a... so he actually, you know, he, he got Iron Neck, but he was working very closely with uh, with his PT on this, right? Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this, this kind of talks about the perception of this product is, yeah. is this safe for me? Um, but even though you're looking at someone who's in his 20s, super fit, um, you know, strength trains all the time. Yeah. Um, e- even if you have a strong neck, I mean, you get rear-ended by a car going 50 plus miles an hour,
0: yeah. You're going to get hurt. It's There's, just a matter of how bad. Right.
1: And so, um, you know, the difference of having some neck strength versus basically nothing, mm-hmm. maybe that makes a small bit of difference, but it also brings you like when you're going into rehab, you're at least at a higher baseline. Right. So, yeah, um, you know, we have customers that are, are buying this pre, you know, pre-surgery, post-surgery. Um, and if you're able to do a little bit before you, ha- you go into a surgery, yeah. Um, at least you're coming out kind of in a better position. You can make a little bit more progress. So, um, he, you know, in the past few months that he's been kind of using iron neck and building on it and starting very light, like our lightest band and just very basic movements. Uh, he's made a ton of progress. And, um, so yeah it's it's yeah. interesting to kind of see some of these scenarios
0: the design of your product itself is actually very very smart and I'm, I'm speaking specifically to what you just mentioned as far as like the different bands for those of you guys who don't know and i'm, I'm playing a video here that will actually really show it kind of well the bands it can be adjusted up or down so you have a progress or a regress sort of option for you. That's really cool, actually. That's a great video. I clicked on the right one. But long story short, you don't have to have a strong neck to even attempt this. I mean, the lightest band, your your level one, is almost like it's not there. Like, it's it's it's
1: very, very light. It, it gives you a bit more space to hit lower uh, resistance levels. Mm-hmm. So we have five bands. The one that ships standard is our 0 to 25-pound band. This is kind of the Goldilocks band. Sure. And so... You know if you step a f- foot out and or extended a foot mm-hmm. you're basically at like four or five pounds of resistance right yeah a little bit of tension in the band is, is really all you need to start but if you have our five or ten pound band you can step out you know two or three feet to get to that same level of resistance mm-hmm. um and so it's just like if, if you are on that end where you're you are a bit more fragile you're starting from a lighter point um it's maybe a little less intimidating. You, you realize, okay, I can do this versus Mm -hmm. like our 50 pound band. You step out one foot, you're already at like 12 pounds, right? Like this is, you got to have a pretty big, strong neck to, to go for those.
0: That's another thing you mentioned the intimidation factor. I mean, I, I can tell you that when I get clients here, especially clients that are, you know, like a grandma or not, just not somebody that would do this on their own in the beginning, it's a little bit off-putting when they see it because it's like you know what is that but then once i show them how to do it which really takes all of 25 seconds they're really they're like oh wow okay i get this like it's not it's not at all uncomfortable it's not it's it's the same as like wearing a hat or, or wearing a bike helmet that's the best way to that i can really come to describe it it's just like putting on a bicycle helmet it feels the same
1: yeah i, I i've found over the years there tends to be a little bit more of a comfort curve than a learning curve how mm. to use it mm-hmm. although there are plenty of people that'll put this thing on and immediately try to go flexion extension, like a you know a traditional harness. And yeah. you get immediate feedback that that's not how this no. device works because no. I'm scrunch- scrunching down. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bit different, but the I think a, a trade-off that you see in a lot of other exercises is this one that you have to trade strength for mobility or mm-hmm. mobility for strength. And the design of this is one that, hey, you can actually at very light resistance, or very high resistance, go through your full range of motion. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we see is uh, people that, you know, I mean, we have reviews from people, and uh, people have come up to us and told us stories in person, uh, like, I couldn't parallel park my car. And Mm -hmm. now I can, right? And it's like, such a silly thing to hear. But for some people, it's like that, you've kind of resorted to, this is how the rest of my life is going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to turn this way. Um, or hey, I'm gonna have pain if I'm turning at 20 degrees either direction. So
0: my father got rear-ended in 1994. I want to say it was had a total cervical neck fusion. He's been in pain every single day until about I want to say maybe a year and a half ago when I got him this for uh, for Christmas. And he same thing. You know what is that? I don't I don't know if I can do that. Like bud with my neck. There's no. I'm like no 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 no. Trust me. This will work for you. Give it, you know, give it a month. Give it a a couple weeks and see if it makes, I mean, he's not here, but I will actually get a testimonial from him and send it over to you guys. He's he's in his mid-60s, so this is a really good testimonial to hear. Somebody who's been in pain for that long from something that happened so long ago and now it's been reversed, and he plays pickleball, so everything he does is from that down position in a, you know, neck flexion type of area, so he's always been in pain. And now, like you said, he's no longer resorting to the fact that, oh, this is just how I'm going to live. Now it's actually, um, it's amazing to be able to actually see that there is something out there that will at least partially reverse the side effects of having a total fusion and a car accident. So I could tell you firsthand. That's just, I mean, that's just one. That's probably the most extreme example I can come up with, but that's a good example of what this product can do.
1: Yeah. A lot of the reviews and testimonials that we get are from people who've had this whatever problem they had for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And what seems to be the consistent theme is I tried everything else, right? I got the massage guns or the rollers, the creams. went to the Cairo, go go to the Cairo. um, And these things will help. And like, I'm not hating on these things. I've got all these things too. I love them. Right. Right, Yeah. yeah. But none of these things are actually treating the root cause of, of these issues, which Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases is weak neck muscles. Right. So that's really the, the secret sauce is we're just fixing the thing that most people aren't really even aware that it can fix it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we we often say like our biggest competition is just the lack of understanding that neck strengthening can correct neck pain because it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Like I I don't want to, I noticed early at these conferences that we go to and these guys that just walk up, they can't turn anything. It's the I'm, I'm fine mentality, right? It's not good. It's not as bad as it's been. I'm just, I'm fine where it's at. That thing looks like it's going to make it worse. No, thanks. Right. Exactly.
0: Cause you think it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. I think with a lot of injury sites, because it's not, the answer is almost never, oh, you have an injury. All right, well go get work done, go get massage. And that's it. No, that's half of what it is. You need to get work done. You maybe you need to go to the Cairo, but then you also need to find out how to strengthen the region. You got to figure out a way to, especially in the beginning of the injury, non-invasively stimulate the muscles, the area, get some patterns of movement going and activate the region and strengthen it. So your product solves a big gap in that market because until I found your product, like you said, there was that four-way neck machine that that the footprint on that thing was as big as this table. I, 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 I never used it, really. Like I said, I did neck bridges when I was in wrestling, but until I found your product, I really didn't have anything that I would routinely use to fill that gap in my training to strengthen the neck as opposed to my neck hurts, I'll just go get a massage, I'll get, you know, that done, and now it'll, it'll be okay again for another couple days, but then it will inevitably start bothering me, maybe I slept weird, like, gone are the days where that happened to me, I used to have that happen all the time, I used to sleep weird, because I sleep on my back, so if I sleep on my back, and I, like, turn my head in the night, well, then I would wake up with, like, a pain in the side that was turned, and that would happen, I mean, semi-infrequently, it happened once every couple months, but it would still happen, I don't think that's, I honestly don't think that's happened to me in over a year and a half, maybe two years has that happened to me. And I do accredit a lot of that to the iron neck. I think it is a big and very unique piece of equipment that solves a big problem.
1: Some of the feedback that we heard from PTs independent of, of iron neck was to some of the challenges with compliance of neck strengthening. And then also how are they actually doing it? Right? So um, if you're laying on a, a bench and just doing chin tucks, right? Well, if you have someone with hip issues, you, you can't really put them in that position to mm-hmm. do that. Um, you can hold a, a band, right, out, out and and apply resistance that way. But if you have shoulder issues, you, you can't do that. So um, this is something that you can put it on, you can use it in a very progressive nature. Um, and it, it solves for some of those on the uh, strength and conditioning side, like in, in a high school setting, um, the most common uh, next or anything modality is manual resistance, right? You partner up, you got one kid. Yeah, on A towel. They a towel or you stay. have one kid on all fours and, you know, you put your leg up against their, their head. And um, it is free, but mm-hmm. I've also learned there, there's nothing that's free, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, there's, you know, the issues that you have with that is, uh, you know, how many coaches uh, are going to raise their hand and say, oh, yeah, I trust every High school kid that I've got to, to do to this do the right this, way, right? Not right? E- even if you're training, right? It's just, it just takes one kid to like not do it well. And that kid doesn't develop the strength in the same way. And then this kid gets injured. And so um, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's one issue. The other is, uh, you know, is this kid applying five pounds of resistance, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, mm-hmm. you just have no real control or idea of um, and a lot of, you know, strength coaches really want to have control over, you know, what are they programming? Um, you know, each kid's kind of on an individual basis. Are they, um, you know, deal able to be challenged in the right way. Mm-hmm. So iron Egg, again was something that was able to solve for that.
0: You, you touched on something that we talked about prior to the episode going live, uh, which is the, the value of value and exactly how people assign value and how they are oftentimes really reluctant to do so. And, and I think kind of what, what you guys are doing and what we're doing is a little similar in this, in, in that you know neither one of our products we sell are cheap. I don't do anything cheap. But I I said something that that I want to say here live as well. I don't think there's ever been a product that I have had to go to bat for more when it comes to either affiliate marketing or promotion or just word of mouth endorsement than the Iron Neck. I mean the Iron Neck what's the retail cost on the Iron Neck right now? Uh
1: 349 and 599. And the
0: difference being what
1: Uh, is just the pro model has a variable friction dial. So you're able to apply uh, friction and resistance as you as you rotate, rotate. which for
0: those of you guys listening, get that version. I I mean, I'll just say that. I mean, I've never had the other one. I've only ever had the one that had the dial, but I use the dial almost every with every client. I adjust it. So do that. The point is they see this what what they would most people would look at and be like what is this like is this a cable attachment why in the world is this 600 bucks why in the world is this $400 but again value is what are you going to get away from this product what exactly are you going to get out of it are you somebody who is actually in pain well would you not pay $400 to not have that be the case 5 days out of the week i mean i mean where that's again where i think there is commonality between what we sell, which is, you know, an extremely exclusive elite training experience, and what you guys sell, which is an extremely elite and exclusive piece of equipment designed to fix, like, a problem. And I just, I think it's interesting that, uh, like I said, I, I, I have never ran into a product that I have so heavily endorsed that has been met with so much backlash,
1: Yeah, I think when you look like a medieval torture device and then you, (laughs) the solution that you offer is something that most people aren't even doing to begin with, so they're not even tuned into like, wait, so I have to understand that this is a benefit that I'm not even tuned into. Um, you're, you're going to get that, but you know, something that really unites, I'd say pretty consistently across all of our customers is the value on longevity. Right. Um, can you do what you love longer? And the people that, you know, buy our product, um, that's, what's important to them. And this is, you know, if you're doing jujitsu in your twenties or thirties, um, and you start to get these injuries, you, you can see, and this is much more clear, you know, jujitsu guys that are in their forties or fifties, cause they're starting right. to deal with this stuff and you've been fighting gravity longer. Right. So, um, this is just something that's, that's super important. And when you're, when you lose that thing, you don't really appreciate it until that point, right? Um, And, and, and,
0: And I think I should clarify, you know, when I say that I've had to go to bat, I'm not talking about just, oh, this is too expensive. I can never buy it. It's, I don't think I need that. I don't really get that. What is that? Why does it cost so much? I'm not a professional athlete. What in the world would I do with that? All of those types of questions come up it, re- it requires and to the to the credit of your company and everything you guys are doing it you provide a lot of education on your side that's very very important when you are providing something and you're trying to push a product that is as i said i mean you you have to talk people off the ledge before you even start the process of selling them the product
1: yeah if you look at adults right so you take like youth sports out of the mix mm-hmm. um the physical therapist is where the majority of neck strengthening actually starts with people, mm. right? This is completely reactive. The injury has happened. And now, hey, as part of your rehab, you need to strengthen your neck, yeah. right? And so we, fortunately, like that's where we uh, meet a lot of our customers. Me too. But, <laughs> right. You know, they, they say an, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And mm. I think most people don't have an appreciation for that. The biohacker community, like we talked yeah, about, that's great. they're tuned into that, right? They're like, hey, I'm getting this, I'm paying more, but that's because I see, hey, this is going to provide value over the next 20, 30, 40 years yeah. of my life. Um, and it's why you'd make, I mean, honestly, it's why you should make most decisions, right? If you're, if you're focused on value, it's, hey, this thing is going to fix my problem now, but also I'm not going to be that hunched over, you know grandparent that you see walking down the the grocery store aisle mm-hmm. um yeah you know with extreme kyphosis right this is yeah. something that um and we actually have an active aging program because no kidding yeah i mean the the whole development of the exercises around iron neck really started around just these six foundational movements mm-hmm. um if you do those or honestly if you pick two of those what just, are
0: they exactly your six foundational The six foundational movements yeah. so you
1: have the uh 360 spin uh, look left, look right. You have protraction, retraction.
0: Yep. That's a big one.
1: You have lock neck body turn, and then you've got, uh, diagonals and figure eights. Yep. And so w- originally we just, we just had these six and we are like, Hey, do these. And then we started seeing, Hey, some customers are like going a little too aggressive right when they start. Right. And it's like, this is something that is meant to pace yourself. Uh, especially if you've not done any neck strengthening before you're taking this out and it's like, maybe you should follow the Ikea directions, then try to do this thing on your <laughs> yeah, own. And right? then you get to, you know, st- step 67 and you realize that you messed up on step yeah. four. Um, but so then the next thing we did was we, we broke these into three phases, right? So the, the 360 spin and the look left, look, right. Let's get confident and comfortable within these. And, and really what's most important is like step one is just, can you get into a, a neutral retracted position and hold that for a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Cause a lot, what you don't wanna do is have this thing on and this be forward head posture yeah. and then do a 360 spin and it's gonna pull you and you're not not centered. So um, we broke it into three phases, uh, that was a good step, but we still didn't have something that really catered directly to, you know, the MMA fighter and grandma, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we, we stepped back, we did kind of a deep analysis of, of all of our customers and identified really, eight distinct customer segments that we we sell to uh, and so we dev- uh, design programs around that everything we have early stage rehab posture mechanics those are our two most popular ones uh, we have an active aging a tactical athlete combat sport athlete uh contact sport athlete um, and then we have uh, a more rehab focused program around upper cross syndrome and so that was that provided a bit more of a handheld experience but, it's
0: very comprehensive.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I can't
0: think of anybody not in one of those categories. Yeah, and
1: you know, since then we've also seen kind of where people are falling and you know where people's interest and focus are. But uh, and that has actually informed some of the programs we we're actually literally shooting uh, last week, next week, right. um, and, and they're a bit more rehab focused. So uh, you know, there's a program around uh, levator scap, which is uh, you know basically kind of the the prime muscle that's being um, strained uh, with tech neck um and forward head posture and then yeah uh, other things around like vagus nerve uh pain uh to really just trying to provide a more handheld experience with better cues to the individual that is using this very strictly for rehab but the rehab side also is you know a lot of jujitsu injuries where even if you're not proactively strengthening your neck you're you're building strength just through the activity Mm -hmm. itself yeah uh, but then yeah you know the the instagrammer who's just you know hunched over their phone all the time um like very weak i mean talk about like pencil neck uh position so uh, we need to be able to design something that is able to get these people comfortable and you know progressing as quickly as possible because yeah. like you said like once you get this thing on and you use it it's not as scary. You actually feel it it's like wow that that actually felt really good i've actually good. got muscles in my neck. right that's I've got muscles. you exactly. get a pump
0: that's <laughs> i tell people i i every once in a while i'll go live or something while i'm doing it just because it it's immediately as soon as people see you doing that they don't leave and i i'll tell them be like this is like you have to try this to experience it if you train and this may take a l- couple sessions to get here but if you train semi-regularly and you start doing this just like your biceps or your chest, if you train on the iron neck, you get like a 360 degree pump in the muscles surrounding your neck. And it's like anything else. There's nothing unique about your neck muscles. They, you know, they break down and they build up based on how you train them and how you recover. And it's the exact same thing. You do it and you get stronger.
1: Yeah. It's legit. Time under tension goes a long way.
0: That's right, bro. Yeah.
1: Um, the, if you haven't already, I mean, you said that you use the, the variable friction dial quite a bit. Hmm. That is the best way to get that pump at the end of a session. So if you're starting with with no rotational resistance added and you're Mm -hmm. going through some of the movements, maybe it's a bit more mobility focused. um, You know, you can kind of increase the linear resistance to the band each set. You can also crank up a little bit more on the rotational resistance. And so if you're doing that at the end and you really crank it up, I mean, you you will not be able to fit in any dress shirt if you've got to button that all the way (laughs) to the top after that.
0: It's it's noticeable like in the in the way that somebody who has never done squats will do squats and now all of a sudden you've got more defined hamstrings and quads and glue after like a couple months the same for your neck if you've never done any training around that region and then you buy an iron neck and start doing it once a week It, it really does make a difference does it help with the definition of like your jaw
1: at all Ooh, good question that's a good question um I wouldn't
0: say our, our product uh, does that. Um, you, wanted, obviously... you want to know why I think it can? How I do it? Okay. I have actually figured it out. I haven't posted this yet. I'm going to. Okay. And, I, and I'll make sure that I get it to you guys. You guys do a video. I'll, I'll explain it. So what I've done, I've used the Iron Neck in, in conjunction. I've taken like two of your bands. I'll hook them on the, on the neck. And then I'll use usually just the, the level one for the for the mouthpiece. But what I did was I, I, got, a, I got a designated ankle strap basically hook that goes onto a cable machine, hooked it to the band, hooked it to the anchor point, folded it in half, and I bite it like a mouthpiece. And then I do them simultaneously. So when I turn, I've got the the iron neck and I've got the mouthpiece in my jaw that I'm clenching on. And I will go through, usually isometrics. I'll do isometric turns facing straight ahead in the jaw. I do that as my finisher on like my very last set, just to really hit that. And that definitely definitely hits the whole thing your, your your neck your face your jaw it's all working together so that i'll i'll do something on that because it's that's very unique i've never seen anybody doing that but that does that
1: uh, you're, you're a true macgyver yeah <laughs> we, we we love the macgyver ingenuity like i was telling you that that was the roots of you know the invention of this product was just messing around with pilates bands and how can you get this ro- you know rotational movement yeah. um and yeah so like we've We've tried to be pretty good listeners of, of our customers. I, I kind of talk about some of what we've heard from PTs, but you know, in the early days especially, we would see a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, um, not with their not, you know, with a mouthpiece, but connecting this to a sled and loading that up and dragging this backwards. Um, and these were things that it's like, oh wow, that is awesome. That's gonna get some attention, but that also might scare some people away. Yeah. And so we're we're a bit more um, cautious and like, you know, what we're reposting. Um, but yeah, you've got
0: You've got to make sure it stays relative for, n- you know, 90, the 1% of people that are going to be dragging a sled or doing it, you know, with a mouthpiece, like that's cool. And they'll enjoy that. But yeah, you're right. You don't, you don't want this to seem like it's a elite athlete equipment piece only. Yeah. And
1: you know, w- what doesn't really change between grandma and the elite, you know, fighter or or athlete is is the functionality of the neck Mm -hmm. the neck moves the same way uh we're just it's it's a completely different scope right so um you know obviously like the extreme things uh you're not gonna have anyone doing but I'll tell you um there's a a, a concussion uh doctor in Austin Mm -hmm. who has sent multiple NFL players uh to us to Get an iron neck because even though these guys have straight up tree trunks for necks yeah. they've got really weak deep neck flexors and i'm telling like it, it's shocking to see an nfl player struggle with like 10 pounds on the resistance band for you know like a minute you know minute minute and a half into yeah. an iron neck exercise and it's you know these guys can you know, probably do a harness for days yeah flexion or,
0: extension flexion extension over and over yeah, yeah. A
1: four-way neck machine but um When you have iron neck on and you turn 360 degrees there's an element that this actually like uh helps diagnose uh weaknesses in the chain right Mm -hmm. or at least uh, catch where they are because you're going to feel it and if you have if you're a trained eye you can watch you can see when adjustments are going to be made Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's been very interesting to see that uh in what you'd think is like the strongest necks in the world but there's so many there's so many muscles in the neck right and If you're only. How many are there?
0: Do you know? At one point, I knew. (laughs) For everyone listening, I used to know. Let me look. (laughs) Go ahead. How many muscles are in the neck? That's a good one, actually. 27.
1: Uh, If I'm wrong, you can edit that. I thought it was in
0: the 20s. Muscles.
1: 27, Bob.
0: 20. More More. than 20. All right, that's right. Oh, well, that doesn't really help (laughs) us. There's more than 20. Come on, man. You couldn't give us an exact (laughs) number. How many muscles are in the neck? Let's see if this does it. Uh, oh, of course it doesn't just say one. Do so you guys ever see that that viral video? Um,
1: it's some dude in like Russia. He was like a taxi driver, and he put bands behind his headrest on in his car. So whenever he would drive, he's just going like this the whole time. No, dude's <laughs> neck was a tree trunk. I love it. Anyways, <laughs> it'd be cool if one of the iterations for uh, Iron Neck was like passenger side. <laughs> he could sit in the car and you could do your uh, just prep for when the driver crashes yeah i i will sometimes actually uh wear it during a meeting uh i mean i i work remote yeah so um you know if i'm sitting outside i basically have it set up on a pillar and i'll i'll just have it i'll I'll use the lighter band because i'm planning to kind of sit with this on my head for like 10 minutes but it, it it just feels great yeah and we used to joke uh if you ever saw like the Will Ferrell, Harry Carey skits where he's, you know, after you take this thing off from using it, your head is super light and you're just kind of like yeah. doing yeah. the Harry yeah. Carey yeah. scene. Yeah. Seriously. But yeah, yeah, it's it's uh you could never get in trouble for wearing that in the meeting either if you work for Iron Neck. Yeah. yeah I, I would say, true, right? I would say
0: <laughs> if someone wanted to get this, where would they go?
1: Uh they go to our website, okay. iron neckcom
0: Perfect. And then the website and the Instagram, the Iron Neck is the Instagram, yeah? the iron neck a lot of good education coming out of that a lot of great a lot of great education on the ig i gotta say that too kudos on that on that front for sure hey man thanks for coming in that, seriously this is such a i think a very important talk. a lot of people don't address this and until it's too late it's already had you've had an injury and now you're having to backpedal so i like this i think it's a great product you guys got something real special here
1: no i appreciate it and um i, I always love coming in to see like if you're following a gym uh on Instagram and you kind of see it but to finally actually get there and like see the lay of the land here. yeah I mean, you open the front door and you are here. And then what <laughs> nobody's going to know is that the toilet paper holder is Thor's hammer. <laughs>
0: That's true. I mean,
1: this place is head to toe. That, he, head to toe uh, and everything in between. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks bro, appreciate it. Awesome. All right, buddy. We'll uh we'll call it right there. Thank you guys so much for watching that episode of becoming the 1% podcast. If you like the content and you want to see more of it, hit the like and subscribe, activate that notification bell as well. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to see more of it, we actually have the becoming the 1% Instagram and the podcast is available on Spotify for our socials. We have strict vision athletics on Instagram. We have it on YouTube and we have it on TikTok.